0: Awesome. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Doing well? All right. Wave at me a little bit in the back. Everybody see? Good, good. Good to see you guys. Wow. What an awesome day. So I'm excited because today we're finishing up the series, Yes, I Can, talking about moving from a mindset of no, I can't to a mindset of yes, I can, believing that God uh, has victory in store for us as followers of Christ. And that not just if you're a Christian, because maybe you're sitting here and you're like, well, I'm not a Christian. I'm just checking this thing out or I came in and thought it was a movie and it's not, it's a weird religious gathering, I'm sorry. But um, it's, it's gonna be great and it's, and it's short, so it'd be good. Um, but uh, I don't even know what I was saying, I get distracted. How many of you know ADD is real? Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, but moving from that, that no I can't mindset, so God has victory in store for you, not just if you're a Christian, but even if you're, you're made in the image of God, you're made on purpose and for a purpose. And God wants to help you break free from a, a failure cycle, a sequence of failure. So we've been talking about that for the last five weeks, and I'm excited today to give you the capstone, uh, finishing it off. And today's called "Yes, I Can Have Victory." Somebody say "Victory," victory. victory. You have to say it with more gusto, though. Victory, right? It's time. Use your best Shakespearean uh, projecting voice there. But uh, and I feel like excited today because. The la- I don't know how this works, this sort of mystical connection between football and church, but I've noticed that the last weeks, my message has correlated with the results on the field. Now, I, if, you, if you are a person that loves God and loves puppies and likes children, you like the Ducks. If, you're any, if you like the Huskies, you're not. Any of those things, you're evil. But um, I like the Ducks, and so I you know, root for the Ducks. Any Duck fans in here? I just I'm, I'm pandering to the home crowd. I realize that, but we're Duck fans and the rest of you, we love you. We believe in you, that God does have purpose in your life. You, we don't, you haven't discovered it yet, but we're excited about <laughs> you coming along. I'm kidding, I'm playing. But I preached two weeks ago, my message was, yes, I can overcome trouble and we lost. And then the week after I said, yes, we can come back from failure and we failed. <laughs> Today though, the message is called, yes, I can have victory. And what happened, we had victory, so I'm excited. So what I've decided is I'm only going to preach positive messages in the fall <laughs> during duck season. No, I'm kidding, but I wanna to talk to you today about having victory uh, truly in your life. Now, I'm gonna get a little real and raw with you today and just, and just kind of talk, uh, talk to you person to person, but so many people struggle with repeating patterns and behaviors and thought patterns and mindsets that lead them to consistently fail again and again. And maybe even here today, you're you're listening to me say this word victory. You're like, okay, it's another churchy, religious pastor telling me stories about, you know, God wants me to win, but all I ever do is lose and I continually fail and I never achieve or accomplish anything. But I I just want to tell you something today. I'm not just going to just be giving you kind of like motivational speech or whatever. We're going to read God's word. And I believe you're going to come to a, a new perspective about yourself and about God. See, I think many of the problems people face in life have very little to do with the symptomatic things that take place, their sin behaviors or their patterns. Those are coming from a source. And if we can deal with the source, then the symptoms get better. If we deal with the the root, then the fruit changes. Come on, if the root changes on the inside, if the way you think and the way you believe about yourself and what you believe and think about God changes, then your results are gonna change. And that's how it works, right? And we'll talk about that in depth today. But here's the thing, I believe that victory is your portion, that you were not created to lose or to be a loser, but you're created to win and be a winner. And I, I know that there's a lot of connotations there, uh, but, but I'm not just talking about winning in finances or, or those kind of things. I'm talking about even on the internal battles beating and breaking down depression, and discouragement, becoming the kind of person that actually is optimistic and hopeful about their life. Come on, that you begin to have victory in your, the area of your marriage, in your, in your kids, in your family, in your workplace, in every area of your life, God created you to win. And, and what we talked about a couple weeks ago is that when God unlocks your identity, he can unleash your destiny. Come on, when you know who you really are, it changes everything. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I used to wonder, and I had a good family, but I used to think, I wonder if I'm like the long lost son of this line of kings somewhere in Europe with castles. And, and I would imagine, you know, I, I, would, I would think of myself as Prince Jacob. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> and I would, I would imagine myself like a different identity. Anybody ever do that? Anybody want to admit it? Thank you, a few of you, I appreciate you. We're the geeks, but hey, we're, we're representing. Um, I would think about maybe my, I was you know, changed at birth and I'm not really you know, Jake Schmelzer. I'm like Jacob Romanoff. You know, I'm, I'm part of this uh, dynasty or whatever. I'm, I'm different. Um, but here's the thing. That sounds really kind of funny and, and ridiculous, but actually that's a true story about how every single one of us really is. Because actually you're not just who you are. You're the true son or daughter of the King of Kings. You are a son or daughter of God. And as such, you are entitled to the full rights and privileges of what it means to be an heir according to the promise. You're a part, you you get all the goodies. Come on, God is not holding anything back from you. But see, if you don't really connect with who you truly are in God and you don't truly understand who you really were made to be in the image of God, you don't connect with that, then you're gonna live your life and continue to fail and live your life in a a wrong way. Not because you're a bad person, it's because you don't really know who you are. So, letting God get a hold of our thinking, letting Him get a hold of our identity, it changes something very at a deep level that begins to lead to us achieving our destiny and becoming doing what God's called us to become and to do. Cool. Let's jump into the, the scripture today. We're going to look in the book of Romans, chapter 8. It says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? How many of you know it's all about who's in your corner? It's all about who's in your corner. Now, a lot of people think, including Christians, that God is only for Christians. That's a load of garbage. God is for everybody. You say, maybe you're sitting here today and you came in and you're like, man, I'm in this church and all these goody-goody-two-shoes and perfect people. Well, I know the people in this church and they're not perfect. I mean, literally, I have a lot of messed up people here and uh, <laughs> I am messed up myself in, in a lot of ways. Come on, we're a work in progress. But a lot of people think God is only for the goody-two-shoes. God is only for the Christians. He's only for the people that go to church every Sunday and listen to Christian radio, even though the music is awful. You know, it's... <laughs> No offense if you love it, but I just don't. So you might think, you know, God's only for those people, but he's not, God's for everybody because God loves his kids and God made you. So even if you're sitting here today and you're like, well, I'm not even a Christian. I'm not gonna give in the offering. I'm not even gonna, you know, sing these songs. I'm not gonna leave and listen to you hardly. I just kind of was here because this girl's cute and I'm with her, you know, whatever it is. God is for you. You're not here by accident. God formed you and fashioned you. He's actually been with you through all the hard and dark things that you've gone on in your life. And he has wanted to break through in your life and and actually help you have victory. And I believe today could be a moment where you get a clear picture of who he really is and understand what Paul here is saying in Romans, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? And he goes in and he says, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Talking about identity. He says, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? How many of you know, you can say something bad about me, but if you walk up to me in the parking lot and you call my wife up, "Mm," guess what's going to happen? I will not be a gentle shepherd. I will become a German shepherd. (laughs) If you mess with my children, right? If somebody comes and they're like trying to take one of my kids, there will be a different side of me. I will lay my life down. You hear what I'm saying? How How many people in this room know what I'm talking about? And I'm not advocating violence and I'm not advocating fighting. I don't wanna fight anybody. I wanna go eat Chinese food. I don't wanna fight anyone today. But when it comes to uh, defending and being a part, you know, with my family or my wife, the the most valuable relationships, I would do everything. See, maybe you think God is mad at you, that he's not for you, but literally what's being spoken here is, if God, if you're his child and you understand this, you gotta know he's for you and he's against anyone that's against you. Come on, he's against The powers and forces of darkness that have longed to pull you away from him. There's no accusation. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. In other words, Jesus is praying for you. A lot of people are like, pastor, will you pray for me? What I really should say is maybe. That's probably the most honest answer. Wow, I probably had too much coffee today. (laughs) How many of you know when there's a few hundred people and and 15 or 20 ask you to pray for them on a weekly basis? I probably remember five. So let's just be honest. But let me tell you the good news. Your prayers are not being hindered or or not answered or whatever because your pastor doesn't pray or does pray for you. Jesus is praying for you. And you need to connect with that reality. Now, hey, if you ask me to pray and I say I will, then I will. I'll write it down and I'll do it. But Don't count on just other people. Think about this, Jesus is praying for you. Verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. And then in verse 37, this momentous thought that we're gonna wrap our minds around today. No, despite all these things, Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Say overwhelming victory. overwhelming victory. In a different translation, it says we are more than conquerors. In other words, it's like we, we won the game, but we didn't just win. We, we crushed it. We dominated, right? How many of you remember those kind of movies like um, uh, The Little Giants? It's like sports movies where there's like the team of ragtag, you know, and they're going to go against the big evil team with the matching suits and all that. You know what I'm talking about? Like, have you seen Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell, you know, and uh, those kind of movies? Well, I grew up playing soccer, and uh, uh, I remember that my teams would get, you know, destroyed. We, we were pretty bad. We were weak. We were mediocre. We'd win a game here and there and pretty much get destroyed, but we always got Capri Sun, so it was a pretty good Saturday, you know? <laughs> here's, your, uh, here's your orange things that are lukewarm in your Capri Sun, so have a good day. So we would we lose, but then all of a sudden, a couple of years in, my dad, he got fed up with this. And my dad is a pastor, um, but my dad is like pure victory. I don't even know how to explain it. Like all my dad ever does is like just exude confidence and victory. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's also a little bit intimidating. He can grow a beard and like, at command. you could just, you could shave and then <clears throat> and it just, it's there. <laughs> so my dad, he took over our soccer team. And I remember that he, it took him about you know half a season where he, he formed and fashioned us not into that ragtag band of underdogs. He formed us into the overdogs. We were like the team that came out. was like the music. We had a kid on our team named Mike. And Mike was like a 35-year-old trapped in an eight-year-old's body. He had facial hair. His, that, that you know thing that happens to boys about 13, that happened to him at like five. So he came out, he's like, hey, I'm gonna eat you for lunch. You know what I mean? He was just very... What's sad is he never grew. So now he's like a full grown man, but he's still this tall, but he was, he was like a full grown man at eight years old or whatever. And we were like that team that would absolutely dominate other teams. So we didn't even lose a game. We didn't even sniff a loss for I think two or three straight seasons. It was years of playing. I think we had like 30 something soccer games in a row that we won. Now, when I say that we won the game, you're not, you're not hearing me today, okay? I wanna, it just, I wanna go a little deeper. You gotta understand when it says we have overwhelming victory through Christ, the perspective here, we were beating teams like 20, you know, 19 or 20 to zero in soccer. It was like a football score. Do you understand? Like it, we were beating them so bad that, that kids, my dad would have to as a coach And I know some of you are triggered right now. You're just, you're triggered by this, thinking about this coach, this pastor, you know, of course he's a white male, you know, conservative pastor and he's just dominating on the soccer field and how horrible and all this. You're just super triggered right now. But listen, he was trying his best to get us to lose the game, okay? Like he would literally say, okay, all the defenders, you guys just go run and you play offense and like let the other team score. One time we beat a team like 17 to one, but we scored the goal against ourselves on accident. That's overwhelming victory. If like the best thing that ever happens to the other team is that you messed up and kicked it into your own goal. Do you hear what I'm saying here? Overwhelming victory. And we weren't mean and we weren't, but we were just, we were good. And we had a mindset of victory. My dad would tell us these slogans. He'd say, he'd say Who, uh, how hot is it? What, like, is it hotter for the losing team or the winning team? It's hotter for the losing team. You know, whose ball is this? It's our ball. Whose field is this? Our field. Now, listen, why am I talking to you about this? Because in life right now, maybe the enemy is doing that to you. But I believe that God wants to change that over so that you begin to do that to the forces of darkness and evil in the world. That all of a sudden that the people that connect with who God has made them to be would no longer be the person that swamped by depression and discouragement and broken relationships and addiction and failed marriages and all this kind of stuff, but would begin to have overwhelming victory that comes from the inside out because they know I'm a child of God and my portion is victory. Come on, I'm not supposed to be the kid that goes out on the field and kind of runs in circles and doesn't ever get anything accomplished. God has called me to dominate, not other people, but dominate against the forces of darkness. Come on, somebody. And I believe God wants to change your mindset today. He wants to change you from the inside out and get a hold of your thinking and say, yes, I can have victory. I would love nothing more than you would walk out of every church service on a Sunday afternoon and say, man, I got filled and encouraged and now I'm gonna have victory over the kingdom of darkness in this community. I'm gonna be a light. I'm gonna love people. I'm gonna help people. I'm gonna raise a good family. I'm gonna prosper. I'm gonna start the business that God called me to start. I'm gonna do the classes that he called me to do. Come on, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna have victory. Anybody wanna win? So King David, we've been going through his life story, talking about the different things that he's went on, the journey that he's been on. And in 2 Samuel chapter 5, we see the culmination, the, the moment where he externally has victory through the circumstances that he's been on. It says in 2 Samuel chapter 5, then all the tribes of Israel went to David at Hebron and told him, we are your own flesh and blood. In the past, when Saul was our king, you were the one who really led the forces of Israel and the Lord told you, you will be the shepherd of my people Israel. You will be Israel's leader. So there at Hebron, King David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel and they anointed him king of Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 40 years in all. He had reigned over Judah from Hebron for seven years and six months and from Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah for 33 years. So we see that David... We've gone through this. If you, if you weren't here the last couple of weeks, we've been going through his life. And so I'd encourage you to go to joyugene.com and review those messages. But David has gone through all kinds of tremendous struggle, but it's, God has been leading him to this place where he becomes king and he takes on, on his destiny, okay? And this is his moment of victory that we're reading about here, where he's now you know, placed in this position of influence and authority. He has victory. So what I wanna do today is I wanna give you a couple thoughts about victory that I believe are gonna challenge you and be kind of provocative and, and get into how you think, because I know for a lot of people, they can't see themselves getting to a place through struggle and challenges where they become who God's really made them to be and where they actually have victory. So let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for every person here today, God. I know that you deeply love every single person here and that not one person that's sitting here today is here by accident, but God, you have brought us together in this moment to receive what you wanna speak to us. And so God, I pray that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see, and Lord, that we would be open to the heart change and the transformation that you wanna do inside of us today so that we can be who you've called us to be and do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanna give you some thoughts on victory today. The first one is this. There can be no victory without struggle. Did you know that I love struggling? I love to struggle. Like when I see a struggle, I don't see, oh man, this is hard. I do see that it's hard and I do see that it's, that it's not fun. But what I see struggle on the other side of it, what I realize is an opportunity to have victory. See, we live in a, in a time and a season where if something is bad or something is hard, the natural thing is to say, oh, or if it's something is hard, we naturally say it's bad but winners and champions and sons and daughters of God made in his image that were made on purpose and for a purpose, they don't look at opposition or challenge as bad. They look at it as an opportunity to experience victory because there is no victory without a struggle. Now I want you to think about this. You know, how many of you have kids? Raise your hand. If you have kids, Jesus bless them, help them in Jesus name. You have kids, you know, and, and children, I love my kids, and I talked about this, how I would just you know, go psycho if they were, somebody was attacking them, but I, I love my kids. And one of the most painful things with my children is when I see them struggling with something, whether they're struggling with homework or they're struggling with a, a relationship at church or school or whatever, they're struggling in something. And what's the thing that, that oftentimes we, we feel like we should do is to fix it for them, right? But how many of you as parents would say, you know what? It's actually good for my kids to struggle in certain areas, right? Because they need to grow and learn and figure out how to handle life. And that actually when they struggle, but then they have, but then they get through that struggle, that's where victory and growth takes place, come on. There is no, you don't build muscle without resistance. You gotta break it down before you grow. And yet we understand that when it comes to working out, we understand that when it comes to raising kids, those of you that manage employees, you know there's times when you have to challenge them and and they have to overcome and there's victory on the other side. But then when it comes to our own lives, we look at anything hard and immediately say, that's bad. And I believe that God wants to change your mindset today and say, no, when I come against something hard or something that opposes me, I'm not gonna automatically say, ooh, that's bad and run away. I'm gonna say, I'll take that and I'll take another helping. Thank you very much because I'm a champion. Come on, that I look at challenge as an opportunity I look at struggle as an opportunity to have victory. Listen to what David struggled with. We've gone through his life again over the last couple of weeks. He struggled with everything. David struggled with a lion and a bear that he had to fight when he was a shepherd. He struggled with doing his duty. He struggled with his identity. He was left out of the party uh, where Samuel came to anoint the king and His dad didn't, his own father didn't even ask him to come to the party. He could smell the barbecue and he couldn't, he wasn't allowed to be there until the prophet had to say, hey, do you have any more sons? Oh yeah, I guess we do, forgot about him. David struggled with identity. David struggled with the giant, he fought Goliath. You fought any nine foot tall people lately? I haven't. David struggled with the giant. He struggled with Saul, his authority, his boss, the king. David struggled with his circumstances. He was on the run for 13 years, he had to camp in caves. That sounds horrible to me, just camping in general. But <laughs> specifically, on the run for 13 years, he struggled at Ziklag. They, the, the Amalekites came and burned his city and took his family. His own men wanted to stone him. And I'm not talking about Eugene-style stoning. I'm talking about ancient Israel stoning. Very different, right? Very different. His own men wanted to kill him. He struggled with a guy named Nabal, whose name means fool. Anybody ever struggle with fools in life? Right? And you're like, yes, I have, all right. David struggled with Philistines. He struggled with Amorites, Amalekites, Termites, all kinds of ites. He struggled with everybody. He had all kinds of conflict in his life. He struggled with enemies and rebellions against his kingdom. He struggled with his own weaknesses and failures. How many of you are encouraged today? Praise the Lord. David struggled with God. David had had warfare in his heart against God, what God wanted him to do. David disobeyed, he had to be punished by God. He struggled with God. David struggled with his emotions. David struggled with his circumstances. He even struggled with his wife and his kids and his own family. One of David's sons betrayed him and tried to kill him. One of David's sons, we don't have time to go into all of his story, but one of his sons murdered another one for something that he had done. David had so much struggle, but God gave him victory. There is no victory without struggle. And so if you live your life in the avoidance of all struggle, then you will also, you will also inoculate yourself from being a person of victory. Come on, somebody. See, listen, the, Jesus talks about the reality of the spiritual world in the, in the New Testament. He talks about how the, the, the parable of the strong man, he says, there's a house and the strong man guards the house until a stronger than he, he, he comes. And that stronger man comes in and he takes his armor and he basically kicks him out of the house until a stronger comes. You're either living in victory or you're living in defeat. See right now, as you listen to me, some of you are listening to this going, yes. And there's a a resonating happening. You're going, yes, I wanna be a person of victory. I want that challenge. Others are going, ooh, I wanna get away from there. I wanna get away from there. You gotta switch that polarity. Let God do something inside of you that says, come on, I wanna be the stronger one. I wanna let God's spirit in my life be stronger than than whatever else is there. Are you with me? But there can be no victory without struggle. So don't automatically look at struggle as bad. Say, that's an opportunity for God to do something through me and bring victory. All right, number two, victory comes from the Lord. Victory comes from the Lord. In the book of Acts chapter 13, it says, this person recounting the story of David says, but God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to to do. Victory ultimately doesn't come by your own greatness, your own intelligence, your own power, your economic mind, your your insight for business or whatever, your emotional intelligence. Victory ultimately comes from God, but it comes through the process of obedience and walking through and doing what God has called you to do. David was identified by God as a man that was after his heart. David tried to discern in each situation in life, what would God want to happen and take place in each particular moment of life. And God also identified about David, not that he had just a good heart to discern what God wanted him to do, but also that he would actually take the steps necessary for God to bring victory in his life. You see, here's one of the things that I wanna help um, take away from you if you're a Christian right now. If you're not a Christian, this isn't really for you, but if you're a Christian, one of the things that we get really locked up in in Christian thinking is we, we basically, we sort of like look at God in a particular way. And I'll, I'll explain it here. I know I'm just meandering around, but I'm thinking it through because I don't want to hurt people's feelings too much. So, so I'm, this is all merciful right now, my <laughs> thoughts, because I'm talking to myself too. A lot of times we say, oh, that's not the will of God. It's not God's will that this such and such a thing would happen. And we sort of like, put stuff off on God. Well, if God wants me to have a job, then he shall provide it. Well, are you looking for a job? Well, no, because I'm just trusting in the Lord. No, you're lazy. I, God is gonna bring me a spouse. Well, do you ever talk to anybody? No. Do you brush your teeth like, you know? <laughs> Well, I'm just trusting in the Lord. God's gonna, I I get this a lot, you know, God's just gonna grow the church. He's just gonna grow it. Well, do you ever invite anybody to church? No, well then, no, he's not really. Because you might have a heart for what he wants, but you don't do what he wants you to do. You see, a lot of Christians are willing to, they just wanna throw off their own inadequacy and mindset of failure and just make it mystical and act like that's what God is about, but it's not. You see, there's something about how God chooses to operate God chooses to, in flesh, incarnate. When he wanted to save the world, he didn't just like do magic tricks in heaven and, and everything was fixed. What did he do? He became a man. He came into human flesh and he walked for 33 years. He was born in a manger. He walked for 33 years, experienced every temptation and trial. He gets it. He walked through it. Jesus suffered on the cross. It wasn't metaphysical suffering. It was physical. He felt all of it, all the way of everything. Come on, you know what I'm saying? So when God, thank you, when God wants to, operate in your life he's going to call you and challenge you to take some steps in obedience That's why we believe in prayer. Why? Because God chooses to operate through prayer. When we begin to pray in line with his will, in line with his heart, we say, God, you want to do great things in the city. God, you want to see orphans brought into families. God, you want to see people who are addicted and bound be set free. God, you want to see marriages restored that nobody thought could be healed and restored. And God, we pray in line with that. And God chooses to work through the prayers of his people. And that's where miracles take place. But he also reveals and says, take these steps. Come on. God wanted to give Israel the promised land, but they had to walk. Some of you right now are like, man, I want God to do everything in my life. And somebody comes along and says, well, hey, here's a step you could take. And you're like, nah. That's not what victory is about. Victory is about taking steps towards what God has called you to do because victory is coming from him, yes. But it's also about walking in what he's called you to do. All right, let's move on. So number three, victory comes from the inside out. Somebody say, pastor, you're hangry today. You need to eat some lunch. It's a little salty, I know. Victory comes from the inside out. And I believe this point right here, I wanna camp out a little bit. This point right here could literally change your life forever if you grasp this idea. Victory is not something that happens to you by the actions or the forces of other people or the circumstances around you. Victory comes from the inside out. Jesus said, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. The evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. If you wanna, if you assess the, uh, if the root is something, it's gonna bring up that kind of fruit, right? How many of you are with me on this? A lot of times we think, oh, it's this person, it's my ex-wife or my ex-husband or their ex or somebody's ex, right? That's causing this trouble in my life. And and my reality is because of somebody else's actions. Well, it was this person that did this to me and they they abused me, They they were mean to me, they hurt me, they did something wrong. Now listen, I'm not saying that wasn't that it was right, but you have to decide, are you gonna be a victim or are you gonna be a victor? Because Everybody goes through hard stuff. Everybody is victimized and everybody has victimized others. And if we keep score and we fight it out and we hurt everybody, we're all just gonna end up as a big pile of corpses. But God comes and says, let me pay the bill for all of you. And you can make a decision right now to not live in the light of your victimization, but take hold of my son, Jesus, who is the greatest victim of them all and also the greatest victor and walk into a life of victory. Come on, God wants to deliver you today from the pain and the shame and the brokenness and the bondage of your past and walk you into a future, but you've got to make a decision. I am not a victim. Come on, I, am, I have overwhelming victory through Christ. You are not amening enough today. I'm just going to tell you that right now, but I'm going to keep preaching because I'm a man of God and I feel the power of God working through me right in this moment, the anointing to help bring some prophetic insight into your life. Right now, thank you. Right now, you might be thinking, no, my life circumstances are so bad and so rough because this person or the Democrats or the Republicans or the seven people in the Green Party, you know, it's these people (laughs) that are causing my reality to be this way. And that is not true. What is causing your reality that you experience around you on a daily basis is how you think and how you believe. Now, am I saying that circumstances don't matter at all? No, they matter. They impact us. But at the end of the day, your life is on a trajectory based on what you think and believe about yourself and how how much you will trust God about who you really are. This is an iPad, but otherwise, if it was not, I would throw it down because that was a good point right there. (laughs) I'm having fun, but God wants to get this into us. The good man from the good treasure. What is on the inside of you? Your internal perspective and mindset and reality on the inside is creating your Reality of victory or the absence of victory in your life. David was a king way before he was ever established in Hebron or in Jerusalem. His influence and authority wasn't placed upon him. It came from the inside out. Before you're ever gonna have a good marriage or a good family, you've gotta change on the inside of yourself and begin to think and believe like someone who knows how to have a healthy marriage. So maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, well, it's my wife, it's her, it's her way. She's negative, she's like this, she's always ragging on me, she's always this. Until you change, sir, until you change on the inside, you are always going to fail in that area of your life. Even if she's a huge failure too, you've gotta get it right for you first. Come on. Well, my husband, he's not loving, he doesn't treat me the right way, he just never affirms me, and and, you know, this other guy over here at work, he knows how to do that. Uh Uh-oh, okay, well anyways. Until you change on the inside, come on, you're the good treasure. is there good treasure on the inside? Now, I know probably some people are like, man you're this is you're being kind of a jerk and all this kind of stuff, but actually um, i I'm trying to help you because this is a secret of success, not like some guru secret of success, Dr. Phil Oprah kind of thing, no, from the Word of God. This is an indelible principle that's woven into the fabric of the universe. This is something that if you will listen and you will say with wisdom, I'm gonna grab hold of this. I'm gonna buy the truth and not sell it. If I will lean in and listen to what Pastor Jake is saying right here, even if I'm saying it imperfectly, if you will grab hold of this and say, victory in my life is not held back from me because of somebody else or some circumstance. It's because of my thinking and my believing. And God wants to do something in my life. So let me just leave you with this on this thought. Victory is not an event, it's a state of existence. David didn't have victory when he conquered Goliath. He had victory when he was in a field learning who he was in God. When David had his moment of victory, all that was happening there was other people connecting with what God had already done on the inside of him. See, a lot of people are gonna look at you and they're gonna see when you begin to have success in the external things, they're gonna be like, wow, you're really winning. But you would know this, and especially if you're a person that walks in victory, actually the victories took place when I made the right decisions and built the right process that brought me the results that would come. Come on, wise people walk in this, they understand that victory takes place on the inside before anybody ever recognizes it or sees it. And let me just tell you how freeing this is, because see, there's some times in my life when my data, the, the data that I get from my circumstances around me aren't giving me an accurate picture of what I believe should be happening but when I understand who I really am in God and what I'm really called to do and I can can continue to walk forward taking the right types of steps until the external world actually begins to look like what it should. You, You hear what I'm saying? In other words, if you're so insecure and you're always thinking that victory is about what's taking place outside of you, the minute that you get data that comes back to you that something is hard or a person didn't treat you the right way, you crumble and you give up. But champions continue to persevere in what they know is right until they see the victory. Let me tell you a story about the inside out. My daughter, Evie, how many of you know Evie? She's like one of the coolest people in the whole world. She's actually intimidatingly awesome. I'm gonna be honest with you. She's so confident that sometimes Bethany and I are like, you know, in our house, in our home and Evie starts to take control and we're both like getting dominated by her thinking because she's such a champion. And then we realize, oh, we're the parents here. And so we fight her back, but... My daughter, Evie is a champion and uh, I'm glad that she's that way uh, because yeah, she's freaking awesome, I love her, she's my daughter. So my daughter uh, two years ago was at youth camp and she wanted to climb uh, this giant climbing wall. And so she went up and she, she fought hard and it is not easy, right? She climbs this wall, she gets to the top and rings the bell. And we were so proud of her, it was so awesome. My sister Natalie was watching her and, and just so cool how heavy. I think she said at one point I wanted to quit but then I just kept going, I, I, know I persevered, I did it. But then this last year, she did it again. She she knew she could climb the wall so she went back and she had this confidence and she climbed and it was still hard. She got to the top, she rang the bell, she came back down. And I remember we were talking to her about this and, and she told us something that was so crazy and insightful about her mind and inside of her. She said, there was a time when I wanted to give up and it was really hard. But but at that moment, I, I listened to the music. Music, <laughs> what music, you know what I mean? There's no music, we're in a field, it's like at camp. She said, no, in my head, I, I'm singing a song. Like she was that, it was like a secular song, like a song about, um, you remember the name of it? But like you're a champion or I don't know, maybe Katy Perry, I don't know, something, Eye of the Tiger, but one of those kind of like you can do it songs, right? And so she was singing it and putting her name in there. Evie, you can do it. Evie, you can you know, achieve it or whatever. And she said, I listen to the music. Isn't that amazing? And I thought to myself, dang, man, I wish I was as cool as my daughter. She's only seven, but <laughs> listen right now, maybe when you get to a challenge or a struggle in life or something hard, even in your own character at what you're walking through, you listen to the wrong music. Because what you hear is you're nothing, you can't do it, you're a failure, your father was a failure, your grandfather was a failure, you're never gonna make it, you're never gonna succeed. And you need to change the tune. You need to listen to the music, the music of heaven, the music of victory that God has for you, you're my son. I mean, I preached a message about uh, Jesus when he was baptized and his father came to him and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased listen to him. He was speaking uh, the words of identity and affirmation and purpose. And you need to hear that voice and that music in your head when you face hard things. Come on, somebody. Because if God can get you on the inside to begin to believe in victory, what's going to take place? You're going to have victory on the outside. Victory comes from the inside out. Now we're going to finish with this. True victory comes in resurrection life. So I know that in life, even when you have the right mindset, even when you have the eye of the tiger, even when you hear the bump, 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 you know, and all that kind of stuff, that bad things still happen to good people and there are still circumstances and people still get sick and bad things happen. Come on, is that the real world? But as a follower of Jesus, you aren't just playing this game on this side of eternity. The true victory that's ultimately gonna come comes in resurrection life. The real hope of our faith is not that we would come to Jesus and be slightly more moral and marginally live marginally better lives or whatever. That's not really it. It's that even through the struggle of life, as we have victory and we walk forward, that ultimately we know that our final victory will only occur in the new creation when Jesus comes back and wipes every tear from every eye and finally defeats death and sin. And it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord, Jesus Christ. The final enemy that will be defeated is mortality. The final enemy that will be defeated is death until eventually we will have victory forever and ever and ever with the Lord in the new creation. And so as a follower of Jesus, this allows us to hold these two things in tension that right here in the here and now, in the present world that we live in, we're going to have trouble and Jesus says this, but he wants to give you a spirit of victory even in the midst of that, because he's growing you into the kind of person that he he made you to be. Come on. And you can't have victory if there's not struggle. So there is gonna be trouble. And we live in a broken and a fallen world. This isn't just a fairy tale that you know it just goes one way. Everybody lives happily ever after. We're in the midst of a battle and a struggle in this life. And we know that intuitively, we've walked through it. But as a follower of Jesus, what our true hope is, it's not just all here in the here and now. It's that even if I were to die, because the Bible talks about people that actually died before they ever saw victory. That even if I were to die today with everything that I was called to do unfinished, that in the new creation, all the promises of God are yes and amen. And I would have victory ultimately. And it's the hope that we see in eternity that allows us to bring hope and healing and life into the here and now. That every Christian should kind of have their eyes like going bug-eyed, one eye on right now and one eye on what Jesus wants to do. And our job is to bring some of that to right here. Come on, and so God wants to give you victory from eternity and bring it into the here and now because we're working towards what he wants to accomplish in the world. How many of you want to have a spirit of victory? Yes, I can. Listen, Joy Church is not going to be, we're going to be my dad's soccer team. We might, <laughs> we might win a few games, 18 to zero, whatever. Not because we want to dominate people, because we want to dominate darkness because we wanna be a group of imperfect people that serve a perfect savior that allows God to work through us and that we work together and say, listen, when you fall, when you're struggling, I'm gonna lift you up and encourage you, but we're moving towards victory. Come on, we're gonna be a church of victory in every area. We're gonna have victory in families. We're gonna have victory in reaching people that don't know Christ. We're gonna have victory in discipleship. We're gonna have victory in finances. How many of you would say, I trust that God wants to do something good in my life in finances, not so I can get a yacht, but so I can help people in the world. Come on, how many of you wanna have victory in your life? That is not a good enough response. How many of you wanna have victory in your life? God wants to give you a spirit of victory today. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for this moment. God, I I know that going a little bit too long, I know Lord that I'm yelling and screaming and shouting and doing my best to provoke, but Lord, you wanna speak to somebody today. You wanna change somebody's mindset. You wanna change somebody's heart today. That from this point forward, they would leave a place of failure, and a repeated pattern of losing on the inside or on the outside or in relationships or whatever it is and bring them into a place of victory. And God, I pray that right now each of us would take in our own heart and mind, say I wanna trust and believe in the word of God and walk forward into what he's called me to do. And it's not about my past, it's about what God can do with me now and in the future. And so Lord, I pray that this place and each person here would receive a spirit of victory God, a mindset, a change that we would begin to produce that victory from the inside out as we respond to your word and obey you, God. Lord, we love you. We give you this time in Jesus' name, amen.